Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would speak your word to us today. That we would hear your word and it would bear fruit in our lives all to your honor and glory. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the fact is that sometimes I can be thick-headed and not get things the first time, but I have been a student uh, for quite a while. I was a student for quite a while. And one of the things that I did finally pick up as a student is that if a teacher says something once, it's fair game. If they say it twice, you know it's important. And if they would say something three or even four times throughout the course of, say, a semester, you can pretty much guarantee it's going to show up on an exam. Well, our gospel reading today from Matthew 14, commonly called the feeding of the 5,000, although verse 21 tells us that it was actually quite a bit more than that. This event, the feeding of the 5,000, this event is the only miracle, other than the resurrection itself, this is the only miracle that is included in all four gospel accounts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John each include this event in their accounts of what Jesus did in their gospel. When a teacher says something four times, you know it's important. And so, wherever you are, whether home or here, would you turn with me to Matthew 14? If you'd like to follow along in your bulletin, I believe it's on page 6. But we're going to look together at this miracle that is so important that it is recounted in all four gospels. So to begin with, let's set the stage. Verse 13, Jesus tries to go off to be alone in order to rest and also to grieve the death of his relative, his cousin, John the Baptist. But the crowds follow him, and even in that condition, he has compassion on them and he heals their sick. And then verse 15, we're told that it's getting late. Evening is approaching, the sun is going down, and so the disciples tell Jesus to send the people away so that they can go buy their dinner. Now, Jesus, we've been ministering with you for a long time now. We're tired. The crowd is hungry. Send them away so they can go eat and we can rest. And Jesus turns to them and says in verse 16, you give them something to eat. You feed them. Now, we don't know exactly how many people were present for the event. We are told only that there were 5,000 men in addition to women and children, a somewhat common way that people would have uh, estimated crowd sizes in the ancient world. And so different people estimate anything from about 10,000 total people all the way up to about 25,000 total people present for the event. So let's just say 15,000 people were actually present. Jesus says to his group of 12 disciples who have been working with him all day, he says to those 12, you go and feed them. 15,000 people, you go feed them. There is no way that they could do that. But Jesus does a miracle. And he takes their meager amount of food between them. Two small fish, think sardines probably, small fish, Two small fish and five dinner rolls designed to feed one person, and he feeds about 15,000 people with them. Now here's some math 
just for fun, to help put this in perspective. Matthew 20 says that each person ate as much as he wanted and that there was a significant amount left over. So let's just for fun approximate that each person gets the size of a McDonald's fish sandwich. Let's just say each person gets about that, which would be about a quarter pound of fish and let's say a quarter pound of bread, something like that, a good-sized sandwich. That would mean that 15,000 people were given approximately one and three-quarter tons of fish and one and three-quarter tons of bread, all coming from five loaves and two fish. And I just want us to get the magnitude of what we're talking about in this miracle here. Now, it would have been equally miraculous if Jesus turned five loaves into six and two fish into three. But here we have five loaves of bread and two fish being multiplied into over three and a half tons of food. And think about this. I'm imagining, I'm just making up numbers here, but I'm imagining that it takes, let's say, 30 seconds to break off a hunk of bread and to tear or cut a small fish and get it to someone who's waiting for it. I'm just saying, let's say it takes about 30 seconds per person to get the food to those people. 15,000 people served, if it takes, let's say, 30 seconds per person served. If the miracle took place in Jesus' hands, where the multiplication only took place in his physical hands as he broke and distributed the bread and the fish, if it only took place in his hands, the event would have taken five full days working round the clock without stopping to get 15,000 people their food. The account of the Bible just simply does not allow this event to have taken five days. On the other hand, the miracle could have taken place in the hands of the disciples. So as it says, Jesus broke it and gave it to the disciples and they went out and broke it and gave it to the, to the people. If it took place just in the disciples' hands, just in the 12 of them, as they broke and gave it away. That's where the multiplication took place. If that were the case, then the miracle would have taken just under 12 hours, working nonstop, without any breaks, all 12 of them constantly, for about 12 hours. But the event doesn't, the event as Scripture says it, doesn't allow it to have taken that long either. It says it's getting late, and they're hungry, and the meal that they're given is dinner that night, not breakfast the next morning. So if the miracle could not have taken place only in Jesus' hands, and it could not have taken place only in the disciples' hands, where did it take place? See, the miracle happened in the hands of the people in the crowd. The only way that this miracle could have taken place in the time frame that the Bible says is that the bread and the fish multiplied as the people in the crowd received it, broke it, and passed it on to the next person. Jesus, it says, broke the bread, broke the fish, gave it to the disciples, who in turn walked out probably with their minuscule amount, thinking this was crazy. They give it to somebody, and they suddenly discover they still have the same amount of bread they started with, even though they've given half of it away. So they go to the next person and do the same thing. And that spreads out throughout the whole crowd. The miracle must have taken place in the physical hands of the members of the crowd. 
As each person is given their small hunk of bread and small piece of fish, as they break it and pass it on to the next person, they suddenly discover they still have the same amount they started with, they still have enough, and the miracle has actually taken place in their hands. The people were not just recipients of the miracle, they actually got to be a part of it. And that was true of each and every person as they passed along what he or she had been given. The miracle didn't just happen in Jesus' hands. It didn't just happen in the disciples' hands. It happened in everyone's hands as they gave away and passed along what they had been given. Now just think about this. What happens... If at any point in this process, someone holds on to what he or she has been given and refuses to pass it on? What happens if I keep what I receive and I don't give to others who are still in need? The miracle stops. And that person who doesn't do that does not get to participate in the miracle. The miracle only continues as people continue to pass along what they've been given. And it stops when people stopped passing along what they had received. Jesus tells his disciples in verse 16, he says, you give them something to eat. You feed them. And then Jesus does the miracle actually through their hands, through the hands of the disciples, through the hands of the entire crowd. Jesus does a miracle. He's declaring, as we saw in the Old Testament, he's declaring as the provider of this miraculous food, he is declaring that he is God incarnate. He is the Messiah. He is the one who comes to save us. Jesus does the miracle, and it is about him. And he does his miracle through the very people that he's called to do his work. Jesus does not say to them, you're right, I asked you to do something impossible, don't worry about it, I'll do it. Instead, he actually does the work that only he can do, but he chooses to do it through their hands. Jesus uses them to do exactly what he's called them to do. The miracle is about Jesus, and he does his work through the people that he empowers to do it. We see here in the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 that God calls us, calls his people to be part of the miracle by giving away what we have received. As we pass on what we have been given, God continues to do the miracle and we get to be a part of it. So what has God given you that you get to be a part of the miracle by giving it away? What have you received that you can be a part of his miracle by giving it away? So I'm going to mention three, three things that we have received from God that God wants to include in his miracle. The, the challenge is that each one of us have to be able to then think about it and make it very practical and personal for us, and that's work you have to do. But I'm going to give you three bigger picture ones that apply to each one of us. So three things that we can give away to continue to be a part of God's miracle. And the first, very simply, is financial resources. God has entrusted you 
and me with financial resources, and we get to be a part of his miracle as we give it away. As you give, as we give to the church, give to Christian ministries that are serving and meeting people's needs, as we give to those who are serving in mission around the world, as we give, we pass along the miracle of God's provision. And when we all give, we all get to be a part of the miracle together. But when we stop, and when we hold on to what we have, the miracle stops there. Financial resources. A second one is our talents, our abilities that God has given us. God has specifically gifted you and specifically equipped you as a Christian with his Holy Spirit and in ways uh, that he wants to use you specifically for the good of his church, for the good of the world, for the good of the kingdom of God. And you can be a part of his miracle as you willingly and intentionally use those gifts. But if you don't, if you don't volunteer to use them around here or out in the community, then you miss out on being a part of his miracle. Now, of course, the fact is we're in a very odd time, to say the least, and it is going to take creativity on your part to figure out ways that you can use those talents in an unusual and new time. But if we sit back or if we pull back, then we miss our chance to be a part of Jesus' miracle in the world using our talents for his glory. And third, as Christians, we are given Jesus himself. If you are a Christian, then you have the presence of Jesus with you. You have a knowledge of Jesus with you, and he is the greatest gift of all. And when you intentionally and verbally share the message and love of Jesus with others, then you get to be a part of the miracle of seeing others come to faith, of seeing others transformed by Jesus. So parents, when you take time to pray, to read the Bible, to worship with your children, even when it is nowhere near as smooth as you want it to be, then you are participating in the miracle of Jesus. When your friend or your neighbor says how scared they are by what's going on, and you share with them the trust that you have in Jesus, then you are participating in the miracle of Jesus. When you stop and pray with a coworker, you are participating in the miracle of Jesus. When you take time to do the best that you can in answering someone's deep and honest questions, then you are participating in the miracle of Jesus. You and I, as Christians, have been entrusted with the message of the gospel, and we get to be a part of Jesus' miracle as we give that away. And so, friends, as we have received, let us generously give. Don't let the miracle stop with you by holding on to what you have, by thinking of yourself first. But rather, as Jesus calls, you give them something to eat. And as we step out in obedience to his call, we find that he works a miracle. And by his grace, we get to be a part of it. 
We find that God graciously does his work, his miracle, and he chooses to do it even through our hands. Because, friends, in Jesus, we get to be a part of the miracle. Amen.